Welcome back, pop culture theologians. Okay, we did it. We made it all the way to the end of season one of His Dark Materials. And what a ride it has been. I am so glad you're here with us for another recap of the episode that was titled Betrayal. We'll get there more in a moment. But um, before we do, um, make sure you're following us on social media at Pop Theologians on Twitter and Facebook um, because we are two academic uh, pop culture fanboy fangirls that just literally love everything about it. Um, I've got some exciting announcements at the end of the episode. Um, that we're going to be coming back with our next season. More on that later. Um, but yet again, thank you for subscribing, liking our pages. Make sure you're leaving us a review on iTunes because that's the Christian thing to do, or should I say uh, the thing Lyra would do. Um, but yeah, you should do that as well as make sure you're then following both myself at uh, at J Erickson 85, as well as Marcy at I am the men who can on Twitter. Um, we're getting pretty sassy right now with the world being on fire like it is. So we've, you've got a lot to look forward to and funny gifts um, and everything else that we do online. So, um, you know, we're really excited that you came back to join us for this final recap of this episode. It's going to be a doozy to say the least. Um, but before we get there, um, what we always do is we recap um, a book, a young adult novel that we really love or that had some impact in one of our lives. And this week's selection is um, Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief by Rick Rorden. Um, this book series was made into a series of films. They were trying to capitalize on like becoming like the next Harry Potter or Mocking Jay or whatever that freaking series was called at the end of the day or whatever else when that whole adult, young adult movie film craze was going on. But um, the books for this series, um, while being kid-like and childish at times, are incredible. I specifically remember where I was where I would be reading some of these books. I love them. And yes, he did recreate these books for different types of mythologies, um, uh, but they all kind of inter interplayed with each other. So um, this book, nevertheless, though, has some amazing female characters. It's funny. It's hip. Um, it gives uh, individuals who suffer um, and live with being ADHD, like myself, um, a really interesting character to fall in love with as the main protagonist. Um, and everything that Percy Jackson represents, it's a series of like seven books, if I'm not mistaken. And they're all really easy beach reads, really fun reads. So if you're looking for a great book for your kids uh for yourself because you're still a kid at heart um i could not recommend these series more um than anything else they are so much fun and such a great way to um if you're just finishing his dark materials uh pick up a book that might not be so depressing in the ways in which uh this episode uh, and first book ends so um percy jackson and the lightning thief uh, go get it. Go find it. It's probably like online by free for now or something like that. You can watch the movie. The first movie is really kind of kiddie. The second movie is a lot better. But um, 
either way, go out there and check it out. So uh, we've got a lot to break down in this final episode called Betrayal. Um, and so without further ado, let's go back into the world of dust. Okay, so... At the end of the last episode, we discovered that Lord Azrael was very mad that Lyra found her way up to his like ice castle paradise wonderland or whatever it is. Um, but then when she when he saw Roger there, he knew um, that he was very happy to see him because of the plan that he's really put into place here. Um, and Lord Azrael you know, himself kind of represents the ways in which, you know, Lyra's really been shaped into this world. Um, you know, kind of going into the show, as well as I think the season finale, I want to try to understand what what is what what are they trying to leave us with here? What's the overall theme? There's been a little bit of uh, misunderstanding for how some characters are portrayed but i think with this episode we get set back on the right track that are leading us down into the next season um and ultimately the next book uh specifically with the ways in which you know lyra then the character and the actor that plays her daphne keen is incredible but we've seen her never trust adults throughout the entire series. And there's a reason for that. Um, and understanding that when Lord Azrael tries to tell her more about his research into dust and this multiverse and explaining what the magisterium really is and how they're frightened by his research and the ways in which they're trying to destroy um, and snuff out the source of human sin and to really try to confuse her but more than anything i think mislead her down his path a path that he's only trying to go down um is something that lyra is still questioning um and so to understand or have complete faith in adults at this point is something that she's really not fully invested in it's really lyra's game she only trusts a very few amount of people um at this point in the series and there's a reason for that so um Lyra is a truth teller, you know, and I think that she, that's why she's so good at snuffing out people who are lying, um, because Lyra, at the end of the day, is is an actual living, breathing alethiometer. That's why she can read it. That's why she understands it. Um, and that's all she really needs right now. She just needs her and Pan and her ability to continue down um, the righteous path um, that she's been set up on. Um, so, you know, and understanding where Lyra is, both in the books as well as within the actual acting and character performance on the show, she definitely has become one of my favorites. Um, she really is showing why she got this, why she got this role, the actor, actress herself. Um, but more importantly, I think she's bringing a soul, lack of a better word, to Lyra. Um, with everything that's been thrown at her. So this show from being um, confusing at sometimes to being downright emotionally crippling, especially with this last episode, we have to understand the ways in which Lyra still being the main protagonist 
along with Will, who we get into in the second book, but they've introduced in the series, you know, she's the heart and soul of this show. You know, she's there um, to continue being our moral compass, you know, the golden compass, <laughs> to say the least, uh, um, with how we're continuing to find true north um, and where we're going to understand the truth, um, snuff out the lies, and, you know, create our own stories. Um, this film... This TV show, unlike the film, um, is so much better. I mean, the film itself is maddening, especially with how it ends, because they tried to set it up as a trilogy. But I don't understand why they wouldn't have ended the first film like they do here with the season finale of the show. Um, but it's a great case study in the ways in which we're starting to understand um, how Lyra starts to fit into all of these nuances that Lord Asriel, Lord Boreal, Mrs. Coulter, and everyone else um, have set up or created along through their storylines. Um, in telling Lyra and informing her about his research into dust, we're really starting to understand how truly evil uh, Lord Asriel is. Um, I mean, there's really no coming back from what he did, um, but we're also supposed to understand the role Lyra plays in juxtaposition to these characters. Um, Asriel says to her, you don't come from nothing, Lyra. You're the product of something extraordinary. Um, and she really is. And she's kind of known that um, her entire life, um, you know, kind of being this highborn individual tucked away at uh, the college for safekeeping for academic sanctuary. Um, and there's something really special that only a few people notice. Lord Azrael notices it, but he tried to hide it away and not deal with it because he thinks that he's the only one that can solve problems. Mrs. Coulter was blind, I think, through her ambition and trying to notice and understand the power of Lyra. But people like Yorick, um, like Roger, and I think Ma Coulter, who really met and know her um, and the power she represents, truly did see this thing about her, then she's more than just a prophecy. She's more than just the product of Mrs. Coulter and Lord Asriel, but she is something special and there's something really powerful about that. Um, I am quite obsessed with the ways in which Lord Asriel, um, you know, who's just a freaking liar, um, tries to have a moment where he wants to connect with his daughter um, and God bless James McAvoy um, trying to inject some form of humanity into this character um, who is truly a megalomaniac, but you know, a way in which, you know, he is just blinded by his ambitions um, to allow him and his daughter a moment of comfort a moment of understanding about who they are in relationship to each other is is really important um however he's never going to come back from child sacrifice uh fyi we'll get there in a little bit um but neither will mrs coulter who was you know his lover lyra's mother um there's something about that um that they can never come back from our from this horrible sin to say that they did um, and what they're going to do um, because at the end of the day, his ego is driving him to abandon everything else in front of him. Um, 
Lyra being Lyra and who she is when she tries to give him the alethiometer because she believes that he needs it. I mean, that's why she came up there to try to save him and, and to continue to help save Roger. You know, he, he doesn't need it. You know, that is understanding that he thinks that he knows all, that he understands, comprehends, and can make no wrong. That's why he's such a threat to so many people that he thinks, um, because he thinks very highly of himself. But more importantly, that's why he knows that he's the only one to, I guess, quote unquote, you know, kill God, who he calls the enemy in this episode, because he is on a quest to, to actually kill God and, you know, prepare to do whatever it takes to get there. Um, and in doing so, he makes a sacrifice um, of trying to not only kill Lyra's best friend, Roger, but he kills any type of small tie or whatever connection he has to the actual world that he actually leaves behind. Um, and when he opens this little multiverse bridge, um, however, you know, uh, this episode um, un- uh, and how it unfolds is a little bit um, confusing. You know, we go from, you know, his little castle in the sky to mountains of which I have no idea on how they climb up those things so fast, even on top of a Panzerborn. I have no idea where all these bears were kept. I mean, it's fabulous to see them. You have like all these, you know, balloon thingamabobbers that are coming up there and carrying soldiers. I mean, it's just set up for an all-out war um, uh, that they're trying to stop from Mrs. Coulter trying to stop Lord Azrael to Lord Azrael trying to get up to the top of the highest peak um, for the Aurora Borealis to really bring about the sacrifice to walk through worlds to go ultimately find out and destroy dust. Um, And so in understanding what that is, you know, we start to set up the war that is to come and this is where Lyra, um, he wants to tell her more about the truth. He wants to teach her about dust. Um, and he, while being a scientist, uh, wants to make her understand that it's, you know, something that the magisterium and Mrs. Coulter believe is the actual physical embodiment of sin. Um, and this is, you know, it's, we've gotten pretty close to the ways in which, you know, the Catholic church themselves or the, these authoritarian and religious and dogmatic forces have tried to keep us at bay um, through our rereadings of scripture or for what they tell us. Um, But we really get to understand really where the magisterium has written more about this and almost brainwashed people um, by calling out the Bible verse about Eve eating the apple in their version of Genesis, um, where they say, and the serpent said, you shall, you shall not surely die for the authority, capital A, doth know that on the da- that day that ye eat, a, eat thereof, your eyes shall be opened, your demon shall assume their true form, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and, as Azrael says, dust, Lyra says evil. Um, and I had to get this play-by-play from a few reviews because um, I was trying to write it down while I was watching it. Um, but specifically, you can see how Azrael interprets that as dust when we all look at like Genesis 1-1 versus Genesis 1-2 um, and how the different interpretations of Genesis themselves um, have led about um, what the actual eating of the forbidden fruit did with Eve or what it was supposed to do. But Lyra's literally been taught that it is evil um, and that 
knowing God and good and evil and specifically knowing good and dust is a very different interpretation of this line. Um, the scene between the daughter and the father here are truly, I think, remarkably acted. I'm in love with the characters and what they're doing, um, specifically with how they're really expressing this world building and understanding really what's at stake and what we've all kind of been alluded to here. They literally call it out and they say, this is what's going on. And that's really powerful. Um, and unlike what Lyra tries to understand, um, Lord Asriel makes this big mistake that the severing of human and demon creates a massive release of energy, which is why when at the last episode, when it ended, when he was so mad that Lyra was there because he probably was going to sacrifice his own daughter. But then upon seeing Roger, um, he can now sacrifice him and sever him from his demon. Um, and to create this massive release of energy. And so um, eventually after he leaves and she falls asleep only to wake that, and understand what her father's about to do between her and her best friend, um, she runs off um, to understand and pursue them and to to stop what's going to happen because she's been fighting this whole time against one narrative to only finally realize that her father is actually going to kill her best friend to um, further his study, um, that he was lying to her um, in, in many ways. Um, Sometimes he wasn't lying to her by just being so outwardly there with what he was going to do, but she didn't realize what was going to happen because of that innocence, because of that innocence that we love so much about her. Um, and that's really powerful because we need to understand that, you know, Lyra now sees the world very differently. Um, and Lyra learns that Pan is in danger um, and that Lord Azrael is taking Roger to a point near the Aurora Borealis um, and this top part of a mountain, which I still yet again have no idea how they got up to so quickly. Um, but they are going to try to stop him from being separated from his demon in order to create this bridge into the multiverse. So um, Lyra and Pan um, pursue him with uh, Yorick and all the armored bears while at the same time, um, and I was seeing this online, um, the God Squad led by Mrs. Coulter, the HBIC herself, um, is there to try to stop Lord Asriel and uh, make sure that he cannot accomplish this task remember that she told the magisterium after the last episode after everything at Ballvanger went down that she was the only one that could stop him and now she is trying to do that and get to this peak just in time to do so um and mrs coulter and the magisterium god squad military um catch up in like this fleet of airships and they go to war with all these bears and it's like uh, it's a there's some fairly interesting scenes it's very dark in the episode not as dark as game of thrones yes that's still shade at you game of thrones i still have no idea what i was watching in that one episode nevertheless um uh lyra and york continue all their way up to get to the point where lord Azrael and roger are being kept and so lyra gets to this little scene where she has to cross an icy bridge um without yorick um and she's able to do it um and in doing so lyra and pan cross this icy bridge um they are very good mountain climbers and they get up there um and they see at the same time um 
Lord Asriel up there with Roger um, and reaching him just before he performs intercision on Roger and his demon. And Roger is killed as a result. The massive explosion of energy creates the bridge to the multiverse. Um, And as a result of the intercision, Roger um, and his demon are cut from each other and they die in a cage. And I want to take a moment to pause here. Um, We've talked a lot about um, the treatment of immigrants, specifically by the Trump administration on this show. We've talked a lot about the metaphorical nature that the show and others are trying to create by expressing how these kids die while they're in cages. They die while they're alone. They're separated from their actual best friend who they can't touch. Um, I myself was really moved by the whole last part of the episode. I found myself extremely emotional because this is actually happening right now at our border. This is actually happening to kids, to families, to people. They're being separated. We could make the argument that people, by being separated from their families themselves, are dying, and they have. Um, and that is nothing different than what's happening here. Azrael tells Roger that he's sorry this is happening to him. Um, and he says that in war, there are casualties. And believe me when I tell you, this is a war one that will free humanity forever. We're in a war right now between good and evil. We're in a war between right and wrong. Lord Azrael murdering children and Mrs. Coulter murdering children for the betterment of whatever they're trying to do is no different than what's happening in many of the ways in which our government is keeping kids and families locked away. Sometimes sometimes they die. And it's horrific and it must be stopped. And that is what, you know, getting back into this world, um, Lyra is going to be setting out to do. Um, And that Lyra is hopefully the hope that we need to better understand how we can stop both the magisterium, people like Lord Asriel and Mrs. Coulter, um, because sometimes from the mouths of babes, we actually find hope and salvation. Um, this explosion causes a quite like a like a like a shockwave almost, and Lyra's kicked back and she's unconscious um, while this bridge is opened up. But then, um, bef- uh, Mrs. Coulter and the Magisterium uh, are able to reach up uh, and get to Lord Azrael in time, um, and she appears to try to stop him. Um, and Azrael and her have a long monologue um, where they try to get each other to come with each other in some way, shape, or form because they still have this connection to each other, but their ambition blinds them to their love for both their child or to themselves or to the world in which they have right now. Um, Azrael tries to get Mrs. Coulter to come with him um, in his quest to, you know, really take down the magisterium and, quote, create a new republic of heaven. They are, and he is, obsessed with killing God. Um, He wants to become God. That's ultimately what this is about. Um, And in understanding, by the way, how Mrs. Coulter 
is almost transfixed by him, um, but he's able to to get away um, and they kiss and he leaves through the multiverse, um, leaving her there. Um, he's unable to persuade her um, to accompany him and challenge the authority. And that's ultimately where Lord Asriel then leaves the show. Mrs. Coulter goes away. She leaves back down the mountain. Lyra's still asleep. We go back to the other universe um, where Boreal is checking in with his uh, remaining lackeys. And um, we're trying to understand that, you know, what's going on here with Will. You know, he's left. He's not with his mother anymore. He's trying to find a way in which he can get away from these authority figures. Um, and understand how what's really coming at him um and so he runs away and he's trying to make sure he's not taken by anyone when they put out like an apb on him and so he's you know hopping from you know buses to cafes to parks um and he sees people um being greeted you know he sees cops here and there and he he knows that they're out looking for him um and he doesn't want to approach them because he wants to run off um and he notices a tiny little cat at the end of this street that he's rolling down when he's trying to get away from two cops and um he approaches this cat and it runs off um interestingly enough um and he follows it into the bushes and we if you've been obviously you've been watching the show you notice that this scene is this like church this abandoned building where boreal's been coming in and out of um and he realizes that the cat looks like it's gone and run through like a window um but it's almost it's the other world it's the portal um and i'm gonna get back to how this episode ends um with both Will and Lyra, um, because Lyra now, we go back to her, um, and she watched her parents reunite um, apart from below for a while. Um, she couldn't come out, obviously, for her own safety, um, because she wants to make sure Roger is okay. She sees his body up there. I mean, just as the intercision was about to occur, she saw her best friend and was blown back um, by the massive explosion she almost got to him um and she wants to make sure that you know her friend her best friend isn't left there or she wants to i think mourn over his body um this scene itself is heart-wrenching um it's beautiful um and she blames herself for his death and she blames herself for not being able to apologize or even say goodbye and you know this is where i think the graphics in the show are amazing because you see how pan um is connected to her and that they need not make sure that his death was in vain but now it's time to beat lord asriel um and Pan says, we thought dust was bad because grown-ups said so. What if it isn't? What if it needs protecting? And with that, Lyra um, knows that it's up to her um, and Pan to go alone into the darkness um, and finally move forwardly um, into the bridge of the multiverse. And these are some of my favorite lines in the, in the books um, with both how she's standing on the edge of this bridge to the multiverse. Um, and then ultimately you see how Will um, himself looking through this window-like 
world in which he's about to enter. Um, and they enter into a beautiful dual scene where they cross over into this bridge, into the unknown, um, into ways in which they don't know what's going to happen or what's going to come from them. Um, with Will's story being added as a different way to come to complicate the nature of Lyra's has been so eloquently done in this season. Um, and it will be when they actually meet <laughs> um, and what that does to the both of them. Um, but much like the final lines of the book itself, it really does play out. And I'm going to say them right here. So Lyra and her demon turned away from the world they were born in and looked toward the sun and walked into the sky. The scene was incredible. The ending of this episode was incredible. Um, and they both walk into the multiverse, not knowing where they're going to go, but they know they're on for a journey. And the episode ends. That's it. That's the first season. Um, we had a death that really shook us to the core with Roger. We had a character who betrayed everything that, one of our characters, Lyra, thought that he was about. We had mommy problems, mommy mommy drama, um, baby mama drama. But we also had the development of, I think, two characters that are really just going to set up the show for such an incredible run. Will and Lyra are amazing characters on their own, um, especially with them just growing up within their own craft as well. I'm really excited to see... Um, where this show is going to go and really ultimately how it's going to capitalize on both the magical nature of the show, but how much it's grounded in reality. Um, the show itself is doing such an incredible job for how we need a little magic in the world, but we need a little bit of reality in the world. And the reality of religious ideology or the reality of understanding that sometimes the people we look up to the most ultimately betray us in the end. I mean, this isn't just a betrayal of Lyra. This is a betrayal by her father. This is a betrayal from Roger with Azrael. This is a betrayal in every way and sense of the word. And, um, having a show on the air at this point where kids are literally killed in cages is not lost on me. It's not lost on the viewers. And I think that's why we're having such emotional reactions to it. So um, that's the first season. We made it. Uh, we made it through his dark materials. Um, you know, I want to thank all of our listeners who have stuck with us over all of these seasons. I know you've been left with just me, little old me um, this entire season. Um, but uh, we're going to come back with our next season. Marcy's going to be back um, and we're going to explain why. Um, I, I want to say my love for Marcy has grown so immensely over these last couple of months. And um, I'm really excited for her to be back with all of you um, for our next season, which I'm so happy to announce is going to be Westworld season three on HBO. Um, if some of you who have been following us since the beginning know that we recap the show in the first iteration of pop culture theologians on the engaged gaze or host website. I haven't given them a shout out for a while, but yes, on our host website, um, 
in written form. And to tell you one of the most complicated um, things I've ever done is recap the Westworld through like text and writing out what happens and what I thought and making it fun and comprehensible and everything else that the Westworld, that Westworld really does try to complicate with all of its very amazing storytelling, acting. I mean, Maeve, my queen, my goddess. I mean, I cannot wait to bring her back into my life in this way. But um, I am just so happy you've stuck with us all, all along. We love podcasting. We love talking to you all. Um, and thank you. Um, thank you so much for sticking with us. Um, and uh, I'm so excited to be back in a few weeks with our recaps of Westworld season three. Um, but until then, make sure you're following us on Twitter and Facebook, um, subscribed on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, of course, um, and leave us a, a review, hopefully five stars if you like us. Um, and with that, uh, I look forward to seeing you in our next journey. Bye-bye.